0: Been a lot of activity in the cannabis space since the whole pandemic came down. Uh, some good, some bad. But regardless, we're going to dive into a couple of different reports. One is from Viridian Capital about uh U.S.'s dominating the merger and acquisition space. But then we're also going to take a look at other MSOs across North America, Canada included, and look at their financials and where you should put your money. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Diving into this Viridian Capital uh, report about U.S. companies pursuing growth through mergers and acquisitions, all while the Canadian companies are just kind of consolidating. So as you can see from this graph, it's displaying the total transaction considerations for the U.S. and Canada for the mergers and acquisitions uh, for the last couple of years. So in the first half of 2019, U.S. and Canada were closely matched with approximately $2.1 billion in total consideration, but from the second half of 2019 through 2020, Canadian M&A is near a standstill while the U.S. activity is incredibly robust. So the U.S. is dominating, um, supported largely by large transactions. You're seeing cure leaf at almost a billion dollars. It's $949 million um, with the select, select deal that happened in the first quarter of 2020. You also saw grassroots deal in the third quarter of 2020 for $830 million. Um, So fast forward to the first quarter of 2021, and we have activity in both countries uh, spiked upward. So U.S. activity, they're benefiting from an increased acquisitions of public companies, including Liberty Health, uh, Helix, uh, Bluma Wellness. Canadian activity included $353 million from Canopy Growth Divesture of its ownership in Canopy Rivers. So we've seen activity accelerated in the second quarter with the recently completed $4.5 billion Tilray-Afria mega merger, and then the $2.1 billion Truly Harvest deal announcement. So a lot of this merger and acquisition up in Canada is being accelerated by the need to have positive cash flow. So as Canadian LPs are pursuing this positive cash flow, we're also expecting to see a lot of growth happening in the U.S., uh, making them continue to be targets uh, in the future for M&A activity. A lot of these private companies in the U.S. didn't have access to capital, weren't able to scale or expand. While the Canadian companies did, you saw billions being written off, and now they're actually looking for clean balance sheets. They've done that, but they don't have the cash flow. So that's why there's going to be a massive amount of consolidation that we've been uh, talking about for quite a long time on this podcast. So we can see from this report uh, on from MJ Business Daily about how most U.S. cannabis multi-state operators are enjoying a strong revenue growth during the first three months of 2021, and then a second tier of smaller MSOs based on revenue are also emerging. So strong consumer demand, definitely uh, boosting a lot of these multi-state operators' revenue growth for the first three months. They've reported double-digit revenue growth in the first quarter versus fourth quarter of uh, 2020. And in several cases, staggering year over year growth. So growth, uh, gross profit margins improved for most multi-state operators, ranging from Illinois op, uh, Green Thumb and Cresco Labs to smaller operators like Terrasen and Ascend Wellness. But not all of them are doing well. MedMen, still a dumpster fire. They're struggling with a high debt loads. They've got low cash flow, Uh, specifically their overambitious expansion and poor execution and no due diligence and having management do whatever they want and, and, and all of those things. So we might be seeing some established MSOs uh, and some up and comers in in the new emerging markets. They might be entering uh, new rounds of mergers and acquisitions. So That can be highlighted by Florida's true leave agreement to acquire Arizona-based Harvest Health and Recreation for $2.1 billion in an all-stock deal. No cash, just stock. So that's someone looking for an exit strategy, not really looking for a cash payout. So, um, yeah, they're going to have to wait for that. There's been a couple of setbacks, obviously with, uh, some people taking profit off the table after, you know, January, that huge rise that we saw from October through January after the election, um, people de- definitely taking profit off the table. So a lot of those U S cannabis stocks, they were, um, they had good, strong, uh, quarterly results, but obviously hammered in the last couple of months, um, blaming some weak performance of large Canadian companies up, up there, but, um, also, the global investment banking from Credit Suisse—they made a decision to stop executing stock transactions of Canadian cannabis companies with U.S. operations. So that's uh, leaving kind of a, a an issue or gray zone. So the reason why U.S. companies can't list is because it's federally illegal. So the loophole was to go and list up in Canada and then come into the U.S. to start buying a lot of those. So. Uh, Credit Suisse doesn't want to get involved in any um, international issues. And so they're just backing away from it entirely. So I find that interesting that they won't um, settle trades for Canadian companies buying up um, US based businesses. So what we, we're seeing from Canada trying to grab more market share. Um, Also, (laughs) businesses that are generating cash flow, we're seeing companies being more strategic about the allocation of capital, they obviously want stronger balance sheets, they need to lower their cost of capital, and then focus on creating shareholder value, meaning don't just write off a billion dollars. That's why I personally don't invest in Canopy or Aurora, not going to take my money just write off a billion or 3 billion, because you didn't know what to do with it. That's crazy. So we're going to continue to see MAs and multi-state operators kind of trying to strengthen and expand their footprint. A lot of that already has been to try and gear a lot of these MSOs to be in a position to be in key states, enter new states, um, but we're going to see a different approach uh, possibly with the recent mega mergers and deals. We might see some more of that um, true leave the harvest deal um, looking at something to the extent of uh, you know maybe Juicy Holdings that we just interviewed on the Talking Hedge recently, um, you know looking at Planet Thirteen and Nevada Terrasend, um, anything like that could create um, a, a huge brand. So Terrasend, uh, they took California brand Apothecarium and brought it to the East Coast. We might see what uh, New Jersey can do with that. Obviously, they're gonna to have to do it better than somebody like MedMen and not expand too fast or you know, not have the right management. Um, they're gonna to need to make some expansions. You might see something like Massachusetts-based Curaleaf. Um, They've got 260 million in revenue in the first quarter alone, so that's some, some cash to kind of expand and move to the West or um, if they're interested in you know, distressed assets or something on the cheap, rather than going into a New Jersey or a New York, but if we do see an increase in these mega mergers, it has to be something better than what MedMen did that whole fairy tale story of you know these guys um, I don't know who was was the CFO were trying to do the oversight. actually, I think the CFO was the whistleblower, but you know this the CEOs buying twenty six million dollar mansions. you just don't see entrepreneurs doing that so. Um, There's got to be some better management and better leadership for any business, especially cannabis, when it's under such a a microscope right now. Um, So, you know, Medman's trying to restructure, but um, if anybody is going to follow in the footsteps of a a new darling in the industry, they're going to have to do it much, much better than that. So um, Medman kind of led the pack um, and showed what not to do, uh, how not to do it. So Amendment ended a quarter with a negative shareholder equity of two hundred and twenty two million and then three hundred forty one million in debt excluding lease liabilities. So there's that to um, not emulate. <laughs> it's really all about first mover advantages. We can see that in Illinois with a lot of the uh, brands just boiled down to maybe eleven different brands in Illinois, Washington State. you know we've got maybe three four hundred, so it's incredibly competitive. Um, but it doesn't have vertical integration. So you don't have as many multi-state operators here, if if any, uh, as a matter of fact. So um, you got to find the right place uh, at the right price. And so as the consolidation continues, you're going to see more people capitulating, kind of getting out of the game, especially in the West, as they look for more opportunities to take uh, all stock deals for the future opportunity of what the East Coast might be able to do. So... Have to find out what happens with that. We're gonna roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.